Welcome to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and social commentary from an Asian American perspective. My name is Marvin Yue. With me, as always, is my co-host Christine Minji Chang. What's up, guys? How's it going? Why are you laughing? Did the microphone capture my snort? Mm, maybe. <laughs> but I'm going to edit out that one part. So no, no one why you snorted? Whimsical. Welcome to episode 31 of 31 the podcast. Yeah, our podcast. We're like way past half a year. Hopefully, we'll make it to a year. Not hopefully, we will. Yeah. We're coming to you live from Casa de Jenny Yang, who is our guest tonight. Hey. Fresh off her hey, Jenny, comedy, hey. comedy festival. Hey. <laughs> I'm so tired still. We're all tired. Poor thing. She's props to Jenny, and we love you. Thank you for. We love you back. Because you're so tired. Oh, my God. I understand, but I don't. I know. I didn't do everything you did. I know. Well, but then you still kept your schedule this week. Damn. My schedule? Yeah. I would be it's nonstop. Fucking, we have no time. I was like, can wait. I take the day off? She's like, no. Oh. I never said that. Yeah, you did. I said, have a good Sunday. I'll see you Monday. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want from me? <laughs> also joining, one day of your weekend. <laughs> also joining God. us is... Sarah Kuhn. <laughs> way, to, way to get that in the clutch. Sarah, he doesn't have a show. He doesn't have his show notes. I think he feels lost without them. I was trying them. to pull it up. Yeah. Um, you're a writer. I'm a writer. Um, That's you're correct. working on a trilogy of Asian American heroine. Yes. Oh, yeah. Super yeah. Asian American superheroines. Super heroines. Yes. Super oh. heroines. They have powers and stuff. <laughs> I don't know what that power. I saw the cover. Oh, yeah? It's pretty badass. Yeah. What's Are the... you, did you illustrate? Or you got some? You got no. Like, <laughs> no. I do words. I don't do. I have. I, have, I have do images. I have one. One talent. I can't. I'm not like Jenny. I can't Whatever. act or do comedy or I'm, sure. I just write things. But no, someone else um, drew the cover, which I hope I'll be able to show people soon. That's amazing. Can we get like a sneak peek? Into yeah, I can show okay. you guys. I just can't like put it on the internet yet. Mm. Too bad, collabcast audience. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see this. What's the What's the series name? It's called Heroin Complex. That's heroin, like super heroin, not like heroin. Heroin <laughs> yeah, with an E. Um, and um, yeah, it's about uh, three women who are all Asian American, and they all have superpowers, and they work together to save San Francisco from demons. And they also yes. do um, like supernatural karaoke and stuff. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna read the shit out of that. Yeah, and I'm sure that there's a lot of demons in San Francisco that need to be uh, exercised. Oh, so mm. many. So many. <laughs> All those dead Hard miners. times. <sighs> yeah, Sarah. And awesome. Sarah was also. What's that? Are you from the Bay? No, I actually went to college up there. Okay. So I feel like I spent a lot of my formative years there. And that was because a lot of the, the three characters sort of all have to come of age in a way. Like mm-hmm. they're all 20 somethings, but they all have to grow up a lot. So mm-hmm. I thought setting it where I did the same thing would be a good idea. Very yeah. cool. <laughs> Whatever what you know. That's where I came of age. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm still coming of age. <laughs> I'll get to talk to you about that later. Yeah. Oh, and I lived in the East Bay. I lived in Oakland. Cool. I lived in Oakland briefly in Lake Merritt, and then I lived in San Francisco proper. Nice. What? And I went to Cal. Where did you go to school? Mills. Mills. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very nice. That's yeah. Oakland, Oakland. I know. I still love Oakland. I still love the Bay Area. Oh, I do too. And Sarah was also part of the Comedy Comedy Festival. Yeah, yeah. In charge of the written comedy, scripted comedy section. Yes. Yeah. Are we totes going to talk about that? We're totes yeah. going to talk about it. Well, and every week we talk about coming back. stuff that's cool in our world. So Aww. something that's cool in all of our worlds was our crazy, crazy, weekend. busy weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's the collab. it was the Collab and Power Conference yes. done at the same weekend as our Comedy Comedy Festival. We pro- partnered up mm-hmm. and uh, co-located it. Yeah. Word. And it was fantastic. It was a marathon of epic proportions yeah. for me. Ours was more like a really, it was a long sprint. Yes, to the yours, day. Yours was a, yours was a marathon. A it was Thursday it's, through it's the, Sunday. It's the organizer decathlon pretty much. There oh you go. God. There yeah. you go. But yeah, it was, I, I'm, it's only what, I mean, I don't know when this is going to come out, but it's been only a couple days since then. And what are you talking about? It's a Wednesday, September 2nd. JK. <laughs> so it's been three days. <laughs> yeah, it's, but I'm still processing it. I'm still physically going to recover. I don't think I'm going to fully process it until like the weeks to come. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, we, I feel like we hit our goals, which is to make a damn comedy fest happen. Um, and, and like 
present as many people as possible, including Margaret Cho. Yay! Yay! That was cool. <laughs> that was cool. But there's no. so many other cool things that happened in addition to the like centerpiece kind of bigger event that we did Saturday night, which is the Disoriented Comedy Stand-Up Show with Margaret being the secret headliner. So. That, was, that was awesome. Well, I feel like that show really... Um, it sort of encapsulated what you wanted to do because when she got up there and she said at the end that, Ugh. you know, she felt like she was alone coming up and that for seeing, the 30 years that she's done yeah, stand up and seeing all of you guys doing stand up and also the audience that was mostly Asian and also the fact that it was part of an all Asian comedy festival um, and that she seemed very moved by that. I oh, think, yeah, sort emotional, of emotional, like, man. Yeah, all I think that really um, brought out what you what your original goal was, which was to bring that community together and yeah. kind of show that there is a community of Asian funny people. Right. And that, that we can perform from that. I feel like what she said so poignantly and it really wrapped it up for that evening was echoed by like a, a bunch of other folks because we mm-hmm. did like improv groups, the scripted stage readings, we had actors and stuff. We had um, one sketch and uh, storytelling. And I have to say, like we heard from some of these improv groups who I'm sure have never po- performed for a mostly Asian American audience. And uh, one in particular was like, it was amazing. Like they got everything. <laughs> and they, like, <laughs> they laughed harder. <laughs> Like they get improv, guys. No, no but that, they, they, get, they like, got they get what the they were talking points, right? about. Yeah. The, yeah. Like so, you know, we had um, one of our our sort of quote unquote special, you know, improv shows. We had six different shows involving eleven different groups. Wow! Right, and and one of them was uh, an Armando form, which is where you have someone come in, tell a story that's inspired by a word from the audience, and from that 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 story, the group does uh, improv scenes. Right. And um, our special guest was Susie Nakamura, who's going to be the TV wife of Dr. Ken, Ken. Uh, of Ken Jong of the upcoming ABC sitcom, Dr. Ken. And she was so gracious and so wonderful. She came out. She like bought some T-shirts. Like she's like, I love what this is. She told some stories. And I don't know if you know what Susie Nakamura looks like. Like if you see her face, you've seen her before. But like you may not be able to put the name to the face. But like, you know, she has a classic, adorable, round Korean, Korean, Japanese, East Asian, Chinesey looking face. Like, you know, she doesn't have she grew up not having double eyelids. You know, monolid club, what? <laughs> right? You know, her nose bridge isn't that prominent. And part of what she talked about was the fact, like, in her storytelling, among other things, was how as she grew older, she got eyelids because she still looks super young, but that her face fell a little bit. <laughs> and so, therefore, her monolid kind of like some of the flesh drooped enough to create the double eyelid yeah. that she always wanted and a crease that like would sink into your <laughs> eyeball socket, you know? I feel so, like that's like a common Asian face <laughs> aging thing. Like, some right. people just naturally just get it a little bit. Right? And so, yeah. and her point was that like now she can finally wear eyeshadow like everyone else. <laughs> You know, like, Girl, like she should get on YouTube because there are <laughs> Asian ways to do it. Asian ways that look, look gorgeous. Yours is on point. Oh, it's like, like Oh, Minji knows. Minji yeah. knows. No, it's like... She does it while she's driving. I love oh it. <laughs> I do it while you're driving. Yeah. No, but my point is, is that like people laugh so hard and mm-hmm. much harder because they could relate to it more, mm-hmm. right? right? And I don't know, just, it's almost like they never knew it could be that good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they never knew that they didn't have to fight you know, to explain certain things and just be, you know? Yeah. Well, Well, yeah, I think that's like, for me, that's really special as both an audience member and a writer, because a lot of times um, when I write something that I think is very commercial or is like a very like accessible concept or whatever, because it's an Asian American story, I get the word niche. Like this is niche. This is a niche piece. They say that a lot? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that the, you know, unnamed they that's giving you (laughs) feedback or whatever (laughs) or telling you why your story isn't sellable. But um, I felt, you know, the, the, the script that I presented during our section was one of those pieces. And also it has like murder in it. So there are some other mm-hmm. reasons that it's maybe not super accessible. But, um, but I've heard that word about it over and over again. And so I think that it was rewarding to see 
people getting it and people laughing at it and that it actually did get a lot of you know big laughs for things like the like one of the characters has the speech about getting a bowl cut yes and, yeah. I, and so Everyone's i felt like i feel like a lot of, there were a lot of things like moments like that throughout the weekend that i felt both as an audience member as a writer of like okay if this is a niche it's a really big one oh, <laughs> like yeah. it's yeah. one that you know yeah. that could probably sustain its own they market could totally yeah. sustain well, its yeah. own I mean, market that's Come the on. thing about like representation right like it's on the audience's level it's like maybe they never knew that like they could relate yeah like there are other people that relate like they can relate to yeah doing this stuff and for them like coming out from that they now demand like mm-hmm. more entertainment it. that like makes them feel that way well again, it's interesting right? too because it's a news story and I think that's honestly I grew up watching um, a lot of African American or like black comedy oh yeah I freaking like I was like that's my family like the whole yeah. cons- like the the ma'am and the sir like you know how mm-hmm. you have the proper right. pronouns for like when you address Are elderly you Fresh Prince huh like there's so many there was like mine was living single living single <laughs> living single I watched the Cosby show and that kind of makes me oh, and yeah. um, I watched Fresh Prince I watched Family Matters yeah. I watched so many shows that I'm like it didn't matter that they were not my family but I related to it it was still highly entertaining mm-hmm. yeah. and like you know I feel like the black community has such a great like they had films that are like made primarily by black directors written and like for that community but it's so funny and you know universal I'm like why are we exempt from that and I feel like for me yeah. I always kind of looked to that niche mark you know like so many people could call it that I'm like why is that so yeah. niche well, like, you can call just... it niche you can call it long tail whatever but like the thing is like these days with distributions being more like free form like, where everyone can kind of find what they're looking for yeah. niche can be a proper like business opportunity because yeah. there's enough people out there who want this stuff are willing to pay for this stuff that like you can make you can make money yeah. if you, you and know, I think yeah. the great thing about what the comedy festival did was you know just proof that it was so at, at the end of the day I feel like it's so challenging for event planners but so simple it's like just do it make it happen yeah if people understand but like I, I <laughs> we've talked about this for months Jenny and I actually had this conversation months and months ago like just idea wise like let's just make it happen the fact that we did it I am <laughs> so like indescribably Woo-hoo! proud for you listeners that was a high five <laughs> because a lot of people have these ideas and for and there's a lot to it's a giant to-do list to make it happen and to get the right people on board and to tell that right story with the right people on board yeah and the right schedule and the right venue at the right time of the year where the parking's right and like the right. weather's not too hot which was unbearable this weekend oh, which yeah. you have so stories about that. i had to deal with we we had to deal with that for the festival yeah just to tell that story just to prove something so basic like yes there's an audience for this oh yeah. yes mm-hmm. this is very very funny and yes people appreciate it yeah. so, you know what i'm saying so for me on that like i don't know like as an Asian American community member, there's that level of appreciation as an artist. Yes. That, and then as an organizer that, and like as her friend that like, we did it. I'm just so proud. All of the things. So all the things. I'm proud of us. Yeah. We all, we all had a huge hand in it. It was hilarious too. (laughs) It's not even two. It's just, it was fucking hilarious. Well, and I think you did a really good job, Jenny, of, um, bringing together a lot of different kinds of people and a lot of different kinds of formats. So the other thing I, I loved about it just as an audience member is like that I could see so many different kinds of Asian stories. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't just like one thing. It mm-hmm. was like any kind of story you wanted to see or hear about any kind of experience, I feel like you could find. And I think that's another thing that like sort of shows, I guess, you know, the mainstream community or whatever that, not only is this, can this be really successful, but all these different kinds of stories can be really successful. There's totally. room for like yeah. all different voices. Totally. You mean there can actually be more than two shows on the air? <laughs> yes. There can be more than one. <laughs> There's going to be uh, the Dr. Ken Asian family yeah. and the Fresh Off the Boat Asian family on the same channel. <laughs> mm. Amazing. I know. ABC is just like owning. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I'm excited for Still it. Still waiting for that 90s Asian period drama. I know we talked drama. about it last time. After, after letting that, I'm, last time we brought this up, I was like, we should write it. She said no. So I last was, time yeah. I was very no. <laughs> she was like, no. it's so niche. You were, you, that's basically <laughs> yeah. what you were saying. I You're did like, say that. The 90s Asian subculture is so niche that like, oh, no one, no one it would wouldn't, It wouldn't be a wide, I take it back. We can be niche within the niche. No, even <laughs> if it is, I think that's what makes it interesting. I think there could be a good like, 
like freaks and geeks type of stuff. Oh, I'm sure. That, like, and you know sure. what? Era. You know what? I watched. It's funny. I ate my words. Like I think the day that I said that, <laughs> we went and watched Dope, and I was like, okay, never right. mind. I need yeah. to shut the hell up. Well, because I think a lot of times that's used as like when someone's just trying to tell you no. That's used as like, well, here's the reason it's so niche. But if you look at yeah. the stories that are so successful and that really speak to people, they are actually all very specific. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything anymore that you can say is like that was for quadrant that was like really <laughs> you know what i mean it's four like quadrant really meaning, meaning meaning like there's the four quadrants that that a lot of the marketers and the business people in movies have to that's say a, a movie has to hit that's an nba term right there right. Yeah, that'd be the upper right corner right, right. Yeah. yeah i got that google it but <laughs> i but didn't no, i mean but, but honestly think about it you guys context. who Anything that's niche or not relatable, like think about it, like Lord of the Rings. Does anyone <laughs> right. does anyone sit there and go, bro, me and fucking hobbits? <laughs> they're like, they're I totally n- relate. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had absolutely. And well, this is what we were talking well, about. Like, well, there's a the thing like so. Sorry, there's a thing called imagination. No, we yeah. all, let me we, finish this. Thought. We all got really excited yeah. about that. Let me yeah. finish this thought, right? Because you don't sit there and go, "Bro, hobbits, man! I totally see myself in them. I could totally relate." It's because we're human and we have a fucking imagination. That's what this is called. This well, is called imagination land. Well, and also you know? it's it's a dr- like all all any story like that is addressing themes that are universal, yeah. like mm-hmm. friendship and love, and you know, going on a quest and feeling Coming undervalued. Yeah, come, it's power. But it, it's not like anyone was like, I don't think there are enough elf Americans to support <laughs> Like, just... Totally. <laughs> and the funny thing is when... Okay, this is my thing why I think the art is so powerful because I had zero, zero interest. I'm just not into that stuff. I didn't grow... I didn't read it when I was little. Nothing. I didn't read The Hobbit. I read The Babysitter's Club. I read uh, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claudia yeah. Kishi, right? I read, I read Jane Austen. You know what I'm saying? Like novels. High side ponytail. What I had to. <laughs> Babysitter's Club, Jane Austen at the same time. Yes. It's like Those high. are very complimentary. Yes. <laughs> Do we all watch Clueless and... Um, but I'm saying that like when something is done so well, like when Lord of the Rings came out, it drew me in and there was interest generated from mm-hmm. the fact that they made this like epically amazing movie, the series, right? Yeah. It was something that I had zero interest in, but it, it for whatever reason, whether it's like your friends are super into it and they're like, this is the shit and you have to watch it. I don't know, but somehow I ended up watching every single one of them and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a lot. And I was just like, wow, I get like, I'm still not super into it, but I get why other people are interested in this. Like I learned something. It's really cool. Fantasy world. Like, yay. Mm-hmm. And there's appreciation there. And yeah. now I have understood the, the, that there are Hobbit fans out the there. The plight of the elf yeah. Americans. Right. <laughs> you, you get it. Well, I mean, the mainstream ionization of um, geek culture is probably another co- like topic. Topic. Right. Maybe another time when we have a, you know, have more time to or have. Or when yeah. or when or when uh, Sarah's book comes out. <laughs> yeah. 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 She could talk about geek culture all day. That's that's all she gets hit up to do, man. She does oh, yeah. like panels at Comic Con and do. Geek Girl Con to talk I about do. geekness. Yeah. yeah, lots of geekness. Yes. What's well, gonna become like comic books, movies and T V shows taking over pop culture really. Well you know? it's because yeah. all of a sudden, like the dudes who like have the NBAs, sorry, yeah. present company <laughs> excluded, who grew up douchey and being like, I wanna run the world with money. They've all, all of a sudden they realize, yeah, that dude I used to beat up who like spent all that time by himself imagining things. He's writing some interesting shit. <laughs> well, here's what I heard from another podcast that Oliver Wang does where he's saying like all the people that are like growing up, like the jocks or the cool kids, they all have kids. They're all working. They all have families. And all the people grew up like playing video games and like being in comics are now like they're the tech gurus. They're the tech like They're CEOs. still making they're, shit. They're like the, yeah. the writers, the designers. Totally. Like, yeah. They're the ones kind of determining the course of pop culture now what's right? the what's the podcast that Oliver Wang's on pop rocket pop rocket yeah. okay oh I didn't know that yeah. I need to listen I to it all things podcast from Marvin it's, it's pretty good check it out it's, it's like ours but more diverse oh yeah. <laughs> very cool but yeah I mean I just feel like you know there's this element of empathy that is inherent in art that you know when you're in the mainstream culture when you're in the dominant culture you're usually not really asked to um, use as much because you have stuff that's probably a little closer to and akin to who you are right mm-hmm. And so as minorities, quote unquote, we've had to stretch our imagination and be like, oh, Tom Cruise, I see myself in him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he was a samurai. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. No, you know what I mean? But, like, but now what we're saying is that like, you, know, you too, white people, have the capacity <laughs> to empathize with, say, a black person's experience or an oh Asian God. woman's experience. Can you imagine? Right. I, you're, I believe in you. You can do it. I believe, I believe in them you. too. I believe. I, I believe. believe in your empathy. Yeah. 
that's the whole point of art. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. so that's that's that's. I feel like that's what it boils down to. Just because you're not in the dominant culture doesn't mean that you can't, you know, that you shouldn't have a voice and that people won't be able to relate to it. Right. And you know what? I, I the thing that just having been part of like the whole Asian American movement for so long, and I feel like I kind of stumbled into it because like. I feel like it just happened naturally because I was searching for my just trying to mm-hmm. sort that out in my own self that I I got drawn to the Asian American movement. There are times where I was super frustrated. I just didn't want to talk about it anymore. I was like, I don't care about you know what I'm saying. Asian American you, you're stuff. just you're just so like inundated with it from every side. They're like, I don't care about this. I'm just a human being. I I have no color. I have no like leave me alone. I'm just a person, right? But you kind of come back full circle and you're like, no, I need to embrace this and think about it, appreciate it, and in doing that and going through all these like hurdles and stepping away from it, getting back into it, et cetera, I'm just kind of like, not everyone out there is actively trying to shun that. Uh, they're not trying to put me in a box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like there was a point where I was like in a very defensive mode yeah, of like, sure. you're trying to, you're trying to quiet me or you're trying to, you're trying to stereotype. Me. Sometimes again, just people just don't know what to do with you. If for lack of better words. Yeah. And they're trying and they don't know. So it's like kind of, again, like we're just making stuff to help spark that conversation. Yeah. Sometimes it's hostile because there's some anger there and, you know, you should be able to <laughs> express that. But, you know, sometimes it's just this comedy and sometimes it's just funny that we don't get each other when we're a lot more similar than we're different. Why well, these small things. Well, I think when, when you don't have institutions already in place historically that will uh, welcome you with open arms. Yeah. I mean, that's just either complain about it and react to it, which you can, and anger is fully justified a lot of times, or you just also just get busy making some shit and making some new shit. Yeah. You know? Channel it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what you do, right? Like, I, I, I totally went through, I still feel it, but I still totally went through, like, a phase where I was just always like, fuck this, fuck that. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, you're put you're putting me down, blah, blah, blah. You know, which I still feel it deep inside. That's still, like, my inner child. But like, and then you, and then it's like, well, then how do you get on with it? You know, how do you get on with your life? And how do you actually try to like put that energy into something that is uh, productive? And so, you know, in my, my way now is to like organize stuff and like try to write more and perform. I mean, cause it's funny you mentioned that because I'm just, I'm picturing that old, your first BuzzFeed video where you're just acting like a toddler, you know, as adults and as like, you know, tantrums, yes, productive members of, you know. Society, society, like we can't throw tantrums anymore. Just not, it's not cool. We have to turn on the energy to like find out do something about it. Well, we can. They do, but at the same time, in it's hard to do all the time too. Yeah, it's hard to do all the time, and like when you, it is all the time. You're like, it it comes back. Like, well, what are you doing about it? Yeah, and Mm -hmm. it's funny that you say that because that's essentially what prompted this idea for me and for a lot of people within Collab to have that conference. Yes, like like I mentioned, which is the leadership conference, the leadership conference, and power right there. Huh? Beautiful segue. Why you gotta call uh, it out? This, <laughs> this is a podcast. It's the okay. rule. Anyway, um, so we had been talking about this, and I had mentioned it on previous podcasts because we were saying, you know, that was the reason because we're kind of yeah. like there's so much talk, 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 and this is why it's hard, and these are the challenges, and like I just want to be like, well, there are people out there who are doing things and create like out creating those problems or at least attempting to to, to solve those problems to solve yeah, yeah, those yeah. problems by just doing what they love and like yeah. showing up and like getting on camera getting behind getting the better. camera yeah. writing like failing and trying it again and you know so that was a whole idea and like that's essentially the that was kind of like the overall theme um in a really positive way of the saturday where we're just saying like what are you doing to take what you're thinking, all your feelings, all your anger, all your passion, and how do you channeling that into action of some sort? Take some steps. Yeah, take yeah. some steps and just do it. Yeah, and we want to help you figure that out. So that was really cool. Yeah, I was so happy. I loved it. I, I got to do a two-hour storytelling workshop for the Empower Conference on Saturday. I was there for your opening. Yeah, did you, you see did it? your opening story? Oh, did you hear my story? I I heard about two thirds of it. Yeah, I came to like I wanted to support and take pictures and stuff. Aww. And Jenny got emotional again. There were there were tears at this conference. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, well, you know the point of the storytelling thing. When I do my workshop, I do it for universities and other things. Like you're teaching storytelling, so presumably you tell your story. Right, so right, right. That's what I do. I, I open with the story that I that I used to use for um, when I worked in politics, mm-hmm. which is how you know just the story of why I got involved in the labor movement, and it's about my mom. So. 
you know? Oh. And the point of it is that like, you have to tell, when you tell your story, it needs to be real enough so that it, it connects with yourself when you talk, tell it, if, especially presumably if you're going to tell it over and over again. Um, and therefore, it might connect with people and move them. So, oh, yeah. Oh, I was totally also moved. exhausted, so I literally could have <laughs> cried at a drop of a hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like on Sunday, we did a, a reading for Frenzies, which is this uh, TV pilot that my t- friend Thomas Reyes and I wrote. And that was like a, that was actually based on my life during the point of time where I transitioned from my political life and full-time job to like comedy. And I was like depressed and going through <sighs> therapy and so it was like not happy Jenny right and so it was actually kind of perfect that I was so exhausted from the weekend because the moment I needed to cry I was ready <laughs> no I, I felt I felt like I was um, when I was because I, I read that pilot uh, you know many times yes. and I've seen you run it through and yeah. it's always been really funny but I, I felt like that moment when you actually had to perform it that I was actually seeing into your past like I was actually (laughs) like I was like this is what it would have been like if I had known Jenny like before four years ago before you became you know sort of decided you wanted to do art full-time and it was kind of amazing like I felt like I was getting like I it, it was like you weren't just acting it you were like living it. oh yeah that's good acting though. yeah i know oh no that's acting when i is being that's when i feel like when i can't see the work happening <laughs> i feel like i'm watching this you know unfold oh yeah. we could do this whole acting breakdown about physical state emotional uh <laughs> yeah no it was great i liked it. i mean it was the first time we actually have had a real performance mm-hmm. of it that's so awesome. it was the first time that i, I actually committed to it i think i'm sad i wasn't <laughs> you there. did yeah it was fun it was fun i think yeah the reaction was really great it it, it was the most realized reading that we've had it was yeah. really good of, I, yeah. I yeah i Thank felt you. like um the the audience really responded to to all of those pieces i think yeah um and to the ways that you know they were presented i know and Largely in part because Sarah helped to no. cast and corral everyone. <laughs> no, I, I was going to say, I was like, where could I have auditioned? For I know. Well, girl, that's true. You're no, doing next year. It will. I'm sure it will expand even more. But mm-hmm. this year we had a lot of help from our friends, artists at, Artist play, at play, Julia Cho, the Swiss army knife. Of Swiss acting. army knife. Mm-hmm. That's what we call her now. That's what Jenny, <laughs> the title Jenny came up with for her. That's an awesome nickname. Well, yeah. cause she can, I mean, I've said this about her before. She can pretty much do anything. Yeah. Um, and she's someone to behold. She's a great producer for artists at play. She's also a theater company, just, Asian American theater yes, company, which is putting on a lot of. They're putting on a production um, in a couple of weeks called In Love and Warcraft, which yeah. is actually about <laughs> nerd stuff. So it's right up my alley. World of Warcraft. Nice. It's a female gamer protagonist, Hell which is yeah. awesome. Uh, women of color, also. Yeah, I got a fly for this. That's at the uh, LATC, right? Yes. Yeah, we yes. should go. We should go. Yeah, I'm going on the 25th. If you guys oh, okay. Come with me. Okay. Um, but anyway. She she um she's amazing. I've seen her do um readings where she plays like a little boy and then a Brooklyn flapper from the twenties. So and she played a bunch of parts and was just amazing. But they also helped us um with uh, like bringing in actors like pe- people because they do a reading series every year. Um, they cast like people that they had used. And it is a little bit of a different skill to be good in a reading, you know, versus a performance or Mm -hmm. versus like a fully staged production or whatever. So that was, we really appreciated it. It was great. Oh my God. I mean, we just want to expand all, like, because that was just the tip of the iceberg. Those are just the people we know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In terms of like writers, writers to, exactly, to present. We we basically uh, curated and did the same thing. I mean, I think Will and Keiko did the same thing with like improv, like, sort of curated so it's like people we know but i feel like if we also open things up to even take submissions we could expand yeah the who community knows even more who the, knows who's out there I right know. that's how i felt about the conference honestly that's why i was just like we we had almost what upwards of like 40 speakers we had about 30 yeah almost 40 we had like 38 30 yeah, yeah like because uh, we had last minute speakers too so the, the whole day and they're all people that we knew or mm-hmm. like a couple of them were brought in by people already in that circle yeah. vast majority were just like friends that i was like hey can you speak hey you're awesome can you share your yeah. story and that was literally it and so for me it was just i'm just I, even just looking at our our lineup yeah for the day i was like oh my God. It was already stacked. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? And totally again, do it again. Before expanding. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. we're doing yeah, it yeah. again. I'm so excited. And I'm already like planning next year. Problems. I mean, 
<laughs> Just it's a sickness. It's a sickness. It doesn't stop. We and need then, a plan yeah. next year for the festival <laughs> intervention. I'm just being through collaboration. Like we we touch a lot of people. We meet a lot of people. There's a lot of people that support what we do. They come yeah. to shows. They talk to people they know. And you know, Minji has her connections from the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. You know, I have my connections here. And you know, there's a lot of just cool stories and cool like people that. We couldn't really get in, get involved until now through the conference. It's yeah. like kind of our way to kind of get them involved in the movement. In, in totally. Because you know, we're so primarily focused in. on performance yeah. arts and doing showcases, open mic nights, all these things, which is great. And that's like our our heart. But at the same time, just like over time, 16 years of like getting all these different people from the industry or just from the creative community who are so into supporting just the Asian American general you know, movement. Who do there stuff was, behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. We're all about, and then are amazing and they're decision yeah. makers that are like literally changing our world, but we couldn't involve in that. Well, we did because we would invite people to be like judges and stuff, but it's not the same. No. You know, you're, they're, not they're, like not, their, they're not sharing their, they're not sharing their, their story. It's, that was so amazing. And I was just really moved. And honestly, when you're in that setting, you learn stuff about your friends that you never knew because you're not asking those <laughs> questions. You know what I mean? Right. You're out getting like, barbecue you're not talking right. about like what obstacles did you face this, like <laughs> in your early formative years of you know well yeah. you get to hear them it's sort of like i felt like i learned about jenny watching, exactly exactly frenzies through yeah. her the story that she told in that in that script that's awesome i love that yeah <laughs> it got it got real man it was because that, that script is based upon the fact that i did a group therapy out, like outpatient therapy mm-hmm. group which is what you do when you're not like you thought about suicide, but you don't really aren't going to do it mm-hmm. so that you're not bad enough to be committed. But you're like, you can't just be left alone going to like individual therapy once a week. It's like in between. It's yeah. in between. It was like, you're not in a good place, Jenny. <laughs> we really need Aww. some structure for you. And we need some peers to tell you that it's going to be okay or that they're worse off. So you're like, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's what a group therapy is for. I could have benefited from that when I (laughs) was younger. That's real, though. Do you know what I'm saying? Because honestly, like I'm Korean American, so like Korean Korea, there there's super super high rates of of suicide. That's so real, but Mm -hmm. no one talks about it. Yeah, there's a shame factor. Like they just it's hard to talk about, right? Yeah, because in in to a degree in whatever form. Someone somewhere needs to start taking responsibility for X, Y, Z. I'm not saying it's the parents. I'm not saying it's the people. It's like we have to kind of deal with a lot when we address that topic. Yeah. So a lot of people don't. Yeah. Right. And that's problematic. And I had those thoughts. I had a yeah, really yeah, rough yeah. time when I was a teenager and I thought about that and yeah. I could have benefited from that. Mm-hmm. Nobody in my family, even when when I went through a, a bit of a hell with my adolescence, but even when that happened, nobody suggested that. And I like something oh, that terrible. Yeah, like I could have benefited. You know from. what? What if Frenzies was like an, actually a comedy that you could have seen? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it would have changed then you, my life. I know. <laughs> that's what we're saying right now. Well, but it's I think, really powerful. I mean, yeah, all of this stuff. Like if when I was, I mean, that's why I I wrote my I started writing my books is because when I was younger, I always wanted to be a superhero. Like I loved. X-Men and I like Jubilee but yeah. I was kind of like you know I just don't relate to Jubilee I feel, like, <laughs> I feel weird that that's my only choice I don't really I don't really wear that much yellow or there's like, usually only one there's you know one, in if, the universe there's, there's usually only one and if it's Asian if woman. there's any yeah. and they're never the protagonist they're yeah, never totally. the center of the story so um if I if I could have seen you know, uh, a book where an Asian woman was allowed to be sort of the main character superhero. And if I could have seen something like Frenzies, where it's just like two Asian women bonding in yeah. this sort of extreme situation and going off and having adventures together, yeah. I think that would have blown my mind. And Aww. I think like e- even seeing something like there's this comedy festival, it's all Asian people. <laughs> there's a conference that's all about Asian people and leadership like that would have blown my mind as right? well. Yeah. And, um, We're blowing minds, <laughs> and it's true. I mean, the coolest thing. So I'm I'm more behind the scenes, so I didn't really get a lot of this interaction. But Minji's, you know, front and center. She gave a very inspiring, emotional closing. <laughs> you speech. had it on video. I, uh, I had to. Miss you were it. working, yeah. <laughs> but she, she was working um, on the comedy. Minji festival. had a lot of people come up to her, like yeah. thanking her and like yeah. thanking collaboration for. Like some dude came from all the way from Iowa. Yeah. Wow. What? Yeah. yeah. This this guy, Pooty, if you're listening, thank you so <laughs> much because. I mean, he was part of. He was the one who asked the question in in your session. Remember when we had our panel for the uh-huh. uh, career uh, career switching and trailblazing 
panel, he's the guy who raised his hand. He was like sitting right there and he asked the the first audience question. Which about what? So I think he was talking about like how um everything pri- no, that was Andy's question. I'm mixing up. My brain is fried. But he 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 asked one of the final questions. So he was like actively participating. Yeah. He was just so engaged and he had his luggage at the conference. Aww. He flew in and yeah. came to the conference and then flew Straight out. Away. Yeah, wow. he came. So, he's just like I've never seen anything like this before, so I had to be here. Like wow. I really wanted to come, <laughs> and so thank you for being there. It like I again for so I I was like just on the verge of tears the Aww. entire day. I was exhausted. And there was a lot of adrenaline, <laughs> but it's like it it all meant so much. And just on top of that, the fact that like these amazing accomplished friends of mine are just showing up, giving up their Saturday, and that's why I was like, we have to make this awesome so that you come and you give, but you also take. Right. You know, you get so much more. And hopefully that's what happened because a lot of people were like, the speakers were like, dude, this is really, really, really cool that mm-hmm. this happened, you know? Yeah. Um, and dude, I just have to talk about our morning session. I've talked about our morning session so much, <laughs> but you were there. You got to hear it, right? Um, I was there for most of it, yeah. Yeah. So the morning session was incredible just because it really set the tone for the whole day. Yeah. So again, we had last minute additions. And so we had Jim Quick who shout out to Jim Quick. I hope you listen. I'm going to tweet this to him. He was brought in by our friend Benny Lowe, who is the founder of Next Shark. Mm-hmm. And um, Jim's a memory expert. So mm-hmm. he's, when I looked at the description of like what he does, it was like speed reader. And I was like, okay, how's a speed reader going to be integrated into, okay. <laughs> um, okay. So, and we had this phone conversation. What he told me was like, he teaches people how to retain information better. He teaches leaders or just people, professionals, how to remember people's names, oh, wow. how to just be present and how to keep things in your brain. Cause I think especially now there's so much. Yeah. And you forget every. I forget my name half the time. I don't know where I put my keys. Mm-hmm. I didn't bring my wallet. Like whatever. Like my brain's just a fried mess. Your name is Minji <laughs> or Christine. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Just watching out for you. Um, <laughs> appreciate it. And so we did this. Like he he came and he freaking trains like Elon Musk. He's trained the you know presidents and half of Hollywood. He trained the entire cast at X Men. Oh Who's on set with him? He's like. It's ridiculous. And he, he's this Chinese-American gentleman from the East Coast, from New York, and he wanted to just be there and mm. contribute. So That's he awesome. did this like 10, 15-minute training of how we can remember names. He's like, the name is the sweetest sound a person can hear, like hearing your name. Mm-hmm. And so he did this whole thing, and it just set this really great tone of like, we're here with conscious intent. Mm-hmm. We're here to, to do something, so this is that. That was the intro. Then Bing Chen gets up and does his opening keynote. Who's Bing Chen? Bing Chen is the co-founder of Victorious, but he is like he's really known for his work with YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's the guy who created the the partnership program. So oh, you know, yeah. being a YouTube mm-hmm. partner, yeah. he made that. He created wow. that program when he was like twenty what five? I don't know. He was he's not, he's twenty eight right now. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. And Bing's a friend of mine. I've been and he's just so charismatic, so intelligent, so sharp, and like really powerful in his presence. So he starts talking about imposter syndrome. Oh. So it wasn't even like, hey, we're all here to like feel really good. He yeah, got up yeah. and was like, no, we're full of shit. This, <laughs> you know, like really laid it down. And it was, he got it was real. He got real, 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 real fast. Wow. And it was awesome because everyone was just like, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, that's this because this is coming from someone who's accomplished something. Yeah. And so he's like saying, well, I felt the weight of the world and this is how it feels. Exactly. <laughs> and making really like strong commentary and strong decisions mm-hmm. about how we are in 2015. He's just saying like, there's so much that we're bombarded with yeah. and so much imagery and so many things that we have to aspire to be. And we have to be cute and sexy at the same time, but have a perfect body and we have to be, have the right filter <laughs> on our Instagram. I have it all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's just like saying like, and where in all of that do we feel real? And where right. in all that do we actually feel like we're being ourselves? And so he mm-hmm. made this really strong statement saying it is so hard to be real mm-hmm. in 2015. Hmm. We we cannot comment on past generations, but right now, for young people, I imagine it's pretty freaking hard to say this is who I really am. It can feel overwhelming, exactly, yeah. and yeah. you just end up being a version of somebody else that you you know right. think. That was like the more, and then Chris Pan. Then he did this panel with Eric Kim, PK. Christine Chen from Wang Fu, Hamlet. Tamlin Tamita. Tamlin started crying and I started crying. Aww. That was the first; those were the first tears of the day. Why? 
she just started getting she was so real she was yeah. just talking about fear she was talking about and again there was there were like curse words that i think Tam- well tamlin's also the realist she is yeah yeah yeah. As i freaking love her with her yeah you know and i didn't know what she would say on the panel but i just knew her as her personality yeah so it was amazing and that she said yes and you know mm-hmm. and she just got really just passionate about what she was saying and she said like only you know what you're scared of. Only you know what scares the living shit out of you. And only you're the one that can actually get up and face it and do it and get up the next day and do it again. Like if, you know, mm-hmm. and she just, she started crying. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, like, I can't believe Talon to me is on stage talking about this and crying and I'm crying and it's just really real. And then like so many different perspectives, like Eric Kim is the vice president of CBS and he's just sharing, like, I work for the man, man. Like, so, like <laughs> And he was just very real. He's like, you know what? Like to make it in certain, if you want people to believe in your project, like you have to believe in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many people, like a lot of people on that panel were just saying like, have a freaking opinion, man. Like yeah. have a point of view and yep. stop being afraid of that. Yeah. Because if you walk and you half-ass a pitch and you're asking for money or you're asking for a producer or whatever, yeah. right? Or yeah. people to be believe in you and you don't believe in it why the hell would they like that was his and you know good it was just such a real morning that connected to my storytelling thing it then. really did it really oh, did yeah, there. that's right because i was like you no one's gonna believe in you if you don't know how to tell your story exactly yeah. no one's exactly everyone can have the same idea so many people have the same idea right so what's the what makes it different for them to believe in you to execute that idea right exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah that's so, a lot of what they said you know good, like yeah it's and it was just it wasn't candy coated it wasn't it wasn't harsh it was just very like this is what it is guys it's and good. you can't you can't delude yourself out of that you can't wish yourself out of that that's something you just have to face yeah. right and then chris pan came and he's just he's a creator of my intent he makes this jewelry that you put you it's in not jewelry work. it's not a jewelry jewelry but it is something that you wear it's okay. a wearable <laughs> Accessory. Um, that you put a word of something that you want you want to embody more of or a challenge that you want to overcome or something. Mm-hmm. I had create, I had courage, you know, things like that. And it's a conversation starts. It's a way for you to connect with other people mm-hmm. and say, what's your word? So he came and just talked for like five minutes saying like, he's this Facebook executive. He's a freaking Harvard MBA. He worked with Zuckerberg. He like, you know, but he, he created this, this movement of his because he's saying, at the end of it, it's really about what is your intent? Why are you here? And to think about what your purpose is yep. and then to live with intent and remind yourself every day this is what I, this what what I got to do. Yeah. And so that, that was the morning. So like, wow, so many feelings. That's a tense morning. I know. It, was, it was awesome. And that set the tone for the rest of the day. On, yeah. I mean, even in the, and going so, your storytelling. Yeah, we had an entrepreneurship panel same time as the career switching panel. And even there, they were saying like, you know, you got to have a plan. You have to have intent. Like, why I'm going to choose your company to invest in instead of another company is because you're you're willing to work harder and hustle yeah. more. You're not just going to like pay someone else to do it, yeah. right? right. And, and then we had um, like we had more I guess industry focus one where we like had mus- musicians, but it wasn't just musicians. It was like their producers and stuff, mm-hmm. the people who like don't just sing on the mic mm-hmm. and make the music. They actually make and produce and distribute. They deal with the business part of it. So we wanted to like. That's integrate great. practical yeah. stuff yeah. into like all that's what's inspirational yeah. is the doing like they get up and actually do this for a living because they love it and they're yeah. good at it and they at one point probably were not good at it but mm-hmm. had to become good at it yeah it's real man i mean you know so many times i'm sure like some folks they get they get hit up to be like oh my god i really look up to you and i just want to learn more about you and that's really tough you know and so for you to kind of create the space for that to happen so that everyone can share in that wisdom yeah it's yeah. really valuable like you know i'll be honest i used to like be like Sarah Kuhn she's like a writer <laughs> <laughs> it's no, true see why. you did not I did when I I totally I you 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 didn't know <laughs> now you know now but, we're getting really real yeah but like when I met you I was like oh my gosh that's so cool <laughs> she gets to write for a living like you know that's so, yeah and you know I, I I get to write sometimes for a living but not full time and you know and I, I remember meeting you and your writer friends and I'm like oh my god they're so cool and so accomplished in their own ride and right they're just on that next level shit yeah. and I was like oh I want to be around that right because you're like you know like even if you're not directly going like oh so Sarah I don't want to sit down and pick your brain like just do osmosis and just yeah exposed. being in their environment you're like oh so this is how they live this is how you know because yeah. like people writing as a profession is a thing that so many people say they want to do, but right. don't do, right? right? Like, writing is such a, like, ever since you're little, you're like, I'm going to write a book. Like, mm-hmm. everyone says that. Mm-hmm. But then to actually meet people who are doing it, then you're like, oh, okay, so what makes it different? Like, how did they get right. there, right? Right. And so. The to-do yeah. list. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. I feel like the, the thing with the, the artist world that, uh, that I've been experiencing since I decided, I was like, oh, I'm going to be an actor. I had that one fluke commercial, the first one. I was like, okay, I can do this. Uh-huh. And then, you know, it was months before I got another gig. <laughs> but, you know, you get the beginner's luck. But actually, theoretically, there, there are people out there, the universe says, like, when, when something is right for you, when the universe is starting to converge to, like, yeah. bring you on your path, it will give you that beginner's luck. Yes. It's then up to you to, like, then I take that. that. I had that, actually. You, you told, yeah. You're one of the people that told me that. And I also read it elsewhere. And I was like, yes. And I believed it. And I still believe it. That one fluke that's commercial. So, that's interesting. Was, like, because that's when I was like, okay, I can totally do this I didn't for a hear living. That. I didn't hear that put in that way that, like, you have that beginner's luck if, like. But, yeah, like, it basically that I did that. NBC showcase yeah, yeah right there's like that yeah. moment where you're like oh I can do this I don't think you, I don't know if it's you know I don't know if I've heard this story what was the NBC um, showcase I was us. like th- it was the summer before I was gonna go to my first year of masters uh-huh. in urban planning at UCLA mm-hmm. and that was when I used to perform pretty actively but as a hobby right, uh, right. poetry and uh, Tuesday Night Cafe uh, and this other venue Fly Poets across mm-hmm. the town NBC folks had gathered both of the organizers together to be like, can we just combine a showcase, which was like mostly black folks and Asian American mm-hmm. folks who are poets, like deaf poetry, jam poets, and then like me. <laughs> and Jenny. Right? And like other people into at the Tuesday Night Cafe space. And, you know, Tracy, who curates it, at the, who curated it at the time, like many years ago, she was like, hey, Jenny, you want to be on it? I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not an actor, so... She's like, no, it'll just be fun. It'll be another chance to perform. I'm like, okay. So I had, I didn't, I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I did not here, care. Okay. So I rolled here. up, and the energy was different because the fly poets folks showed oh. up. The deaf poetry, jam. they were like these like tall, sinewy, statuesque, <laughs> beautiful black people with like gorgeous skin and hair, and they walked, they strode in like fucking. <laughs> they floated. They floated <laughs> in. You know what? Like, right? It was just, just peacock. You know. <laughs> And like, and then there was me and I'm like, and I'm like reading like four poems, two of which were like four line poems. And one of them was like, it is a blue leather jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Who wears that? (laughs) Only in Orange County. Thank you. (laughs) Like, that's like, that was like some shit that I used to write, right? About some lady's baby blue leather jacket. (laughs) Just some like dumb shit. That's deep. Yeah. You know? And so, and what basically what happened was was um, the way that they would do it is is if any of the the NBC producers and casting people that that came to the showcase um, wanted to see anyone, they would contact the the heads of each of those. They would contact Tracy or the other person, mm-hmm. I guess. And Tracy goes, "You're not going to believe this, Jenny, but the only person that any one of them wants to see is you." Wow, <laughs> like, blue jacket girl. Hey. I need blue jacket. Where girl. is she? Bring her back to me. <laughs> no, no, baby blue leather baby jacket. Baby blue, baby blue, blue leather, leather jacket, jacket girl. girl. I know. And I was like, uh, "Okay, like, okay, would you like to like bring in your headshot and resume?" I'm like, "No, because <laughs> I don't, I don't have, have one." <laughs> Can I use a selfie? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I went and had a meeting with this NBC casting person and she like, we had this very honest conversation. And that was the, the start of... That was the start. Yeah. I literally had like an opportunity that people would have killed for. Right. Well, I think, but I think they, they I mean, we, we joke about baby blue leather jacket girl, but I think they probably saw the thing that you have yeah. that uh-huh. makes you so appealing. I mean, because you talk about when you met me, when I met you, I could feel, <laughs> and I'm not kidding, I could, uh-huh. I could feel that energy. And I, I felt Ditto. like, no, I feel like I want to be around Jenny Yang yeah. because she has like this great energy. She's so positive. She's bringing all these people together. And then I think the first thing I went to of yours was um, one of the, the small disoriented shows like in oh, Santa yeah. Monica oh yeah I was like you and D'Lo and That's Atsuko right. and it was hilarious and just even seeing what you had created on that in that like smaller venue I was like this person is like doing things Aww, like, she's going Sarah. places yeah. baby blue leather jacket girl it's like <laughs> so, so I think that like um yes you had like that first uh, if you want to call it like a fluke sucker, yeah, but, yeah, yeah but I think that it is it's more than that. It's like they saw something. That it's indicative of something that, that was yeah, there. that was there right. already. Aww, that, right. That's so sweet. That can just be like, <laughs> yes. you know, brought, brought, brought out. out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. jumping on this Thanks, love train guys. here. Like, <laughs> you guys, this is not my intent <laughs> with the story. I mean, I mean the first time I saw you was at Tuesday Night Cafe. When you, I think it was your, I don't know if it was your first stand-up set, but it was you started doing One of the shows. first, yeah. yeah. And then I was like, because that was when I was producing those shows in Monterey Park for collaboration. I know. I was like, you believed in me, like, Marvin. You I did. I think Tommy could have worked for this crowd. 
it was like the weirdest <laughs> venue of like like old, like old Chinese aunties who don't like speak English. Kids, I can totally like imagine babies. Monterey Park. Yeah, It'd walking like, by. They're all going I'm to like, the market. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm funny. <laughs> well, I met Jenny at a dinner. Oh my god, are we doing this? Everything like, you guys said, I just I, I got in like a nanosecond, and this is over a meal. We're when just, was we're this? In DC. In oh, that's right. Yes. I just like her no bullshitness. Aww. I was like, I get that. I love Aww. it, and we we bonded. Okay, over making okay. enough of this. But I, I think yeah. it, I think it goes <laughs> to a like a, a point about um, when we get that opportunity, yeah. we kind of have to be ready for it. Yes. Even yeah. if we don't yeah. know yes. we're ready yeah. for it, yeah. even if we don't, totally. even if we are doing the selfie headshots or whatever. Yeah, like it, it is still. Um, indicative of like the work we've done like yeah, we, yeah. we've still everything that led up to worked. that i mean if you want like if you, to bring it back to comedy comedy if you watch yeah. like margaret cho doing her set oh, yeah. at the disoriented show it's like you know that she's put in so much work oh, so but much. it sound she's so good at making it sound like she's just talking to you yeah. like it's just off yeah. the cuff and that's probably why a lot of people like you were saying earlier like yeah i could be a writer could exactly be it's so effortless <laughs> I mean, like they're just it's they're just talking but actually, there's like this so art much. to it. Yeah. Yes. You know, she's like, you know, it's like in that. Um, did you guys watch that that new uh, Tig Notaro documentary? Yes, on Netflix. Netflix. Okay. It's called Tig T I G. One mm-hmm. of my favorite parts of that documentary is how they show um, how she's working on that joke about her boobs killing her, like yes. her boobs plotting to kill her, and they show her like <laughs> sort of like she had breast cancer. Oh. Yes. So I thought she meant like her back. <laughs> no, 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 no. no she, she talks about how her um her boobs were always so small that um she she was like oh maybe one day they were just like let's kill her you know like <laughs> then that and they gave her cancer or whatever yeah but um they show the process of that joke like yes. how she comes up with the idea for it how she tries it out it doesn't there's something about it that doesn't totally work at first and then they show it a few times so by the end it just kills because yeah. she's figured out yeah. the work that goes into it. And she still makes it sound so like she just thought of it. Yeah. 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 So true. Anyways, this love fest is over. (laughs) This started with me talking about Sarah. Yeah. We had to bring it back. Well, I mean, it's like we're doing the whole community comedy, comedy. That's true. This is why I say live events. Okay. And so I, uh, to me, events, man, it it, it is that. And I, I think I said, did I say that in my closing thing? I forget. I I said so many feelings and thoughts, <laughs> but I what I what I've you know I think why I am such a stubborn, <laughs> persevering believer in collaboration. We've gone through tough times where like you know there there are definitely things that we need to work on in terms of like generating more content because we want to stay relevant and reach our audience, et cetera, et cetera. Podcast being one of the ways that we want to do that through conversation, but. You know, the digital world has taken over. I see so much because you can reach so many people mm. at once. And that's incredible. It's mind blowing. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's that's part of the world I want to be. And it's like that frontier. I'm, I've yet to like conquer or anything. But what I do know, what I have known since high school are live events, dances and rallies <laughs> and like, you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. like get togethers because that's where you can like really impact someone's heart yes right and when you impact their heart you change their mind and when you're in the room vibing with them laughing with them Mm -hmm. vibing off the energy of the crowd like there's nothing like it and i'm like there's no digital duplication of that no right so that's why i was just like you know what i mean like it i was like i don't care if five people come to our conference (laughs) i don't care because i was like it has to happen it has to start and Either way, everybody I knew at the lineup, I just kind of call it the lineup, the lineup, I was like, they will come and they will share so sincerely and so passionately because yeah. they believe in what they're sharing. Yep. And those five people will be the luckiest five people in the room. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? In and the then world. they'll tell everyone about You know what yeah. I'm saying? And then experience. let it grow. Like, stop. Tr- I was getting so stressed out that I one day I was just like, I'm over stressing out about having 8,000 people show up for this thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It shouldn't change the quality. And like, the live event is the point is just show up and give yeah mm-hmm. and then when you do like the comedy fest it was just it was i guess that's the way it's like it's a weekend of generosity everyone <laughs> I mean, just put it all out there it was awesome yeah. yeah i mean i guess the final point in this is just you know with live events with things like you know events in general like people coming out they they actively choose to come out so yeah, they're, they're, they're with yeah. intent to like you know it's not passive it's not passive no they bought in yeah, yeah, yeah i mean even things like performing and speaking like people they're like it takes, like, where you're saying, like, you know, the universe sets things in motion, but it all starts with you taking that first step. Like, I'm going to get up on that stage and read my <laughs> blue leather jacket portrait. I want to go on stage and, like, <laughs> talk, like, speak from the heart. 
Yeah. And from there, like, that's I think that's the catalyst that makes things happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you'll find things about yourself that you never knew. Like, um, on the segment with one last thing was talking about feedback, right? Like, I think uh, Minji told me that. Uh, so during the conference, we had the mentorship sessions where we had our, some speakers gave up 30 minutes of their time to, like, talk with a small group of people. Mm-hmm. And one of our speakers, Michael Lomko, who's a writer, playwright, uh, he write, currently writes for NBC's Grimm. Oh, nice. Um, he had basically, like, a girl gave send an email saying, like, you know, like, you can say it better. Like, they, they, yeah. they, he actually, they talked, actually, mm-hmm. after their session. And she went up, she said, this whole time, she's a junior in college, and she said, this whole time I've been on the fence about whether I want to be a writer or not. But as of today, I am a writer. Wow. Oh, And snap. he wrote me that email. And he's saying, I don't care about why any measure of success, that means that, that means your event was a success. Oh, that's so amazing. So he was like, thank you. Yeah, I, again, started crying. <laughs> God. You know, and it's like, no, it's thank you to him. I was like, you're the, I invited you. Yes, you're the one who showed up and you're the yeah. one who shared. And he was so gen- he prepared all these resources. You know yeah. what I mean? He was like trying Good. to he told everybody about where they can sign up for fellowships for like big Aww. if they want to do big studio, if they want to do playwriting, whatever. Like, again, it's like it's generosity. And I think people can get really like when it comes to success, people can either be, you know, for whatever reason, like self-preservation mm-hmm. purposes and like not yeah. trying to help the competition or whatever. I get that. Mm-hmm. But there's some people who are just like, no, I want to see other people prosper. I don't want to be the only writer in this room. Yeah. And actually, I learned that through acting. They're like, if you're the best actor in the room, you're screwed. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? The way that the scene works, the way that this play is going to work, the way this project's going to work is if everyone's a good actor. Yeah. If you're yeah. the best actor and everyone else sucks, it's going to suck. Mm-hmm. So it's that idea of like with artists and, and with professionalism, don't be selfish about it mm-hmm, like yeah. being generous is the best thing you can do to raise other people up it actually makes whatever you're doing better you know what i mean well i think the other thing is that i think a, a part of that that i think people forget is that it also implies that you are going to stay in relationship with someone exactly mm-hmm. right or in community right right like we don't have to agree with every single thing that each other is doing exactly because we're all in our process and shit you know is not perfect but if we make a commitment to invest in each other and we could all get better together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's honestly... Yeah. It's very challenging. It's like easier said than done, but like someone needs to say it. Well, that's how that's how any kind of own uh, any self-contained industry or yeah whatever can emerge you know it's like it's like there's actually people supporting the growth and nurturing of everyone having a part well yeah. and that means i think that the the end products are also better because yes. if it's like it was just one person doing their thing they're totally. only going to stay at a certain level of quality totally it's everybody bringing their experience and creativity into it you get the benefit of all of that knowledge yeah and that i think makes what you're putting out that much better yeah yeah awesome well, damn well yeah with that let's take a quick break to talk about some collaboration updates and then we'll come back with uh with a little more than what we'll call it from there hey are you minji chang that is me so you're the you're with collaboration i believe so yes can you tell me what it is <laughs> i have no idea collaboration is a movement and a nonprofit, and we make Asian American artists thrive. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awful. Bitch. So what's uh, what's going on? What's our next event? Is that your segue into? The- I, I am I am I am a just a normal passerby guy, wondering what collaboration is. Collaboration is a community, a movement, a nonprofit, and a platform for Asian American artists. We put on events as well as our online content. And our next event that's coming up is in collaboration in San Francisco on October 10th, which is a Saturday. It's actually a spotlight showcase on some of the collaboration San Francisco Bay Area alumni. And it's going to be amazing. That's awesome. Where can I find more information about this? You can find more information at collaboration.org. Collaboration with a K. I have a problem, though. What is your problem? I'm here in Los Angeles, and I can't go to San Francisco. Is there anything happening here, let's say, around November time? In November, you are so in luck, because November 14th, which is also Saturday, is Collaboration Star, which is a grand finale event, and we're going to have six finalists from all over the country come compete for a $10,000 cash prize, plus special guest performances, plus a really amazing VIP red carpet session, and 
all the community feels that you can handle. That sounds amazing. I know, right? I'm going to go to that. Great. I will see you there. Thanks. Collaboration Executive Director Minji Chang. Welcome. All right, guys. Marvin's back. <laughs> <laughs> we got a couple more plugs. Uh, a couple more like, give me a heads up, man. From, I told you, play along. Okay. Uh, I got a couple more um, announcements from our guests. Um, Jenny Yang, hello. Yes, hi. You're going to be in Portland soon. Yo, I'm going to be in Portland. Uh, we're actually being featured. Disoriented Comedy is being featured uh, uh, as a part of the, the time-based arts festival, TBA festival, which is this huge, like, artsy-fartsy festival, and somehow they decided that they wanted to present us as a stand-up comedy show. Hey! Yeah, when I so... think artsy-fartsy, I think of... Right? Yeah. <laughs> there's, some, <clears throat> there's some next-level... Yeah, there's some next-level, like, art stuff happening of all, of all disciplines, and we're going to be one of the late-night shows, and... Um, that's going to be fun on Tuesday, September 15th. It's also co-presented by our lovely community partners, Asian Pacific American Network of Oregon. Awesome. Yeah. And then um, as of today, this podcast coming out, there should be a fresh new BuzzFeed video. <clears throat> Excuse me. BuzzFeed video. That's a little departure from what they typically do. It's actually scripted. And I'll be doing some storytelling and acting. It's uh, an adaptation of a story that I tell on stage. But now BuzzFeedized. Awesome. Very cool. What do you think of our little skit back there? Any feedback? Um, well, I really needed uh, to believe Minji a little more. Oh, I'm not quite sure yeah. if you were quite we'll present. This is a new, se- new, new thing we're doing here. <laughs> I was thrown into it. I'll work on it. I'm no, not an acting feed- coach. <laughs> the feedback is genuinely appreciated. It was and great. Sarah. Yes. People can reach your the first we chat. Yes, book? they can. Um, if they, you go to heroincomplex.com, again, that's heroin with an E at the end. It's not the drug, guys. It's not the drug. It's the hero kind. <laughs> um, if you go to heroincomplex.com, you can read the first three chapters, and there are demonic cupcakes. Oh, for and, sale or in the store? No, in the story. Oh. Uh, you just, you're like, is it the better kind? Or no, it's just, it's just in the text. Um, and actually, I'll also be at Long Beach Comic Con on September 12th. Awesome. Um, I'm doing a panel uh, for a comic book I write for called Fresh Romance. Awesome. Very cool. Sounds great. SoCal is so big. Like, you literally could just, there's so much everywhere. Just every every area. That's amazing, though. Well, that's been our our little break. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, guys. Did you miss us? This is, I'm, so, <laughs> as you know, we, we're, we're still trying to tweak the format of our show. So, if you have any feedback about that, just send it to us. See if these breaks are working for you, podcast at collaboration.org. But now let's get into our Jenny. I heard from that break that uh, you have a new BuzzFeed video coming out. Yeah, <laughs> it came out. It's called When You Realize He Has Yellow Fever. Oh, <laughs> that's the name of the video. Are you looking at it on your phone right uh, now? Yeah, yeah. Is it, it's out? It's out. Yes. As of 55 oh. minutes ago. Yeah. Just kidding, a day and 55 minutes ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being specific. Yeah, it's out, so we'll see. <laughs> that's an interesting, because like, I think guys with yellow fever, even girls with yellow fever, don't, I can't. They get like really offended when you call that out, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there are certain, I feel like there's a certain strain of like men who are not Asian who grew up in LA who are just exposed to more Asians. And so I believe that they're not as yellow fever prone because yellow fever implies that, you know, you you probably didn't grow up with Asians. So you don't have like a very three dimensional understanding of <laughs> well, you, you Asian see, women as humans. You see Asians as like, Whatever other representation, whatever, like whatever you you like, whatever the media has fed you, right? Totally. Yeah. Or and it's s- the like I'm I'm not Asian, but I'm really into Asian culture. Exactly. And so it's it's like no, no, I'm a person. Like, can <laughs> we just focus on? So yeah. So that's uh. So I do believe there are some people who don't have yellow fever who might happen to just be exposed to Asians, but a bunch of dudes have yellow fever. <laughs> yes, Being whether or not I want to yeah. read the comments of that video soon. It's going to be oh. rough. I already know it's going to be rough. Do you ever read the comments of your BuzzFeed videos? I do. You do? I all some of this hilarious. Though. Most of yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Not, I mean, not all the comments, but <laughs> when I when I think to, I just kind of look at it, especially right. toward the beginning, or if I remember to, I'm just like, oh, I wonder what the, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like um, especially the ones that are like not just like what white people say to Asians, but what, what white people say to like 
black people, right, right. Hispanic, all those. It comes in two two flavors, right? It's like yes or not all white <laughs> yeah, people are yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Or or um I think that when I looked at um one of your I had like tweeted a link to one of yours and I clicked on it to make sure the link was working and I think the first comment that popped up was like people can be racist against white people too. Oh god. Like you can read the comments in your videos. Thumbs I down. I can't can't read them. I've gotten it used to be really scary and I, I feel like I've gotten a little desensitized. Yeah. It feels a little different too because it's on a BuzzFeed platform and right, it's not right. on my platform. You know. Right. That's true. We'll see. This is why I'm terrified of posting anything on YouTube. Remember we're supposed to be posting. Remember we talked about it mm-hmm. and then like shit got real. Mm-hmm. Life got real and then we like didn't, but it's still supposed to happen. We will. Before the end of the year. Before the end of the year. We're gonna start making some content for our own channels. Nice. Even if it's really basic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the goal. We've already <laughs> proven that we can accomplish our goals. Of course. When we say it, <laughs> we declare it to the world. It will happen. Yes. Yeah. It shall be done. But anyway, check it out. It's yeah. called When You Realize He Has Yellow Fever. I can't wait to see this. I'm yeah. like waiting for this to be over. So <laughs> yeah. watch it. Awesome. I think um, we're going to cut this one a little short because Jenny Yang is tired. And she needs a little rest. Aww. And uh, we're well, all we're you. all tired too. <laughs> But um, thanks so much for letting us come and chat. And let's, Sarah, we should definitely talk next in our future geek episode. Let's, yes, let's talk please. More about that stuff. I was actually part of the inaugural Geek Girl Con. So oh. very my, cool. My geek roots yeah. run deep. Nice. I'm going to gather like all of the sci-fi, geek, anime, video game writer people that I know. And then Minji's going to be all like, I don't know. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just listen <laughs> and ask questions. Because again, I don't know. What I, yeah. I don't like. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank and you, guys. For the rest of the listeners, um, as always, if you want to send us any questions, feedback, or just want to say hi, tell us how um, you know you like the podcast. Um, send us an email at podcast at collaboration That's collaboration with a K. And questions, comments, topics. Yeah. Anything you guys want us to talk about? Um, we're still, you know, we're still tweaking the format of podcast. So if you have any uh, suggestions or feedback, definitely let us know. Um, also, if you can, um, if you guys subscribe to us on iTunes, um, give us a rating. Five stars are preferable, but if you think we deserve less, I won't judge. Um, and for those of you, those, cry. those of you who give us a five star review, um, we'll give you a quick shout out. So far, none of you guys have. So, you know, get on that. And yeah. Have for, a good day, guys. For everyone here, Night. Jenny, Sarah, Minji, and myself. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening. Drive safely, click it or ticket. Bye. Don't text and drive.